Welcome to NFT Rebels, the podcast where technology, creativity, education, and non-fungible experiences meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? everyone and welcome to the NFT Rebels. Today we have a special episode because I'm talking to the first artist I collaborated with uh, for my Genesis piece on foundation. So um, today we have Nifty Sachs in the show. So welcome Nifty. How are you doing? Uh, Thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? Fine. I'm, um, you know, I I started reconnecting again with many artists in the space because I was too busy with my new job and everything else. And I'm I'm super happy to see how many people have gone how far during those, you know, few months. Uh, so many things happened. Everyone kind of found their own ways and different paths. And, you know, uh, it, things have changed so much from the times when we were just you know, uh, connecting uh, with each other on Twitter spaces and trying to figure things out and, you know, discussing different ideas. So I'm very happy to see that many have gone, you know, really, really much further than when they just started. And you're one of them, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It's really beautiful. It is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so for... uh, for those who don't know you, uh, would you like just to to make a brief intro of who you are and what you do, and then we can roll from there? Yeah. Uh, so, quick intro. So, I, I'm a musician, an instrumentalist, and uh, I've been a musician all my life. I've never had any other job. So, before the pandemic, I was making a living with live music, playing saxophone, singing, uh, sometimes piano. Uh, so I was just a working musician. I wasn't even really trying to make a name for myself necessarily. I was happy making a living as a musician, uh, playing uh, any kind of events. I was doing some 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 jazz clubs and bars, and even corporate events and, and weddings. Sometimes I worked in theater as a music director. Um, and uh, yeah, but this is just a quick intro about me. And then what I did with NFTs uh, when the pandemic hit, I... I, I I had a lot of music bottled up inside of me, so I just decided to record a lot of saxophone. And so my first uh, collection, my Genesis collection, was just pure saxophone, uh, uh, completely unscripted. It was just improvisation, so stream of consciousness solos. uh, And those were 100 pieces, and it's about like five and a half hours of music, something like that. then I moved on from that. Uh, when it was finished, uh, I did uh, the Nifty Sax Fears, which is a little bit more approachable in terms of music because it's a little bit more uh, listenable. It's like very relaxed and chilled, uh, very easy to listen music. And also the price was much more affordable because my Genesis was priced uh, on a bonding curve. So the pieces uh, go up and up in price. But the, the Spheres were all released at the same price, which was 0.03 ETH. And that collection was sold out in about 10 hours uh, on, on the day of the drop, which was amazing. And it generated a lot of ETH for me and for my collectors, which is really good to see. And 
and now we have a nice community. The secondary keeps going. Now it's at almost uh, double of what the mint price was, and uh, we are really just getting started. Um, that that and, sounds uh, yeah. good. <laughs> that sounds good. Let's let's just take few yeah. few steps backwards. And you know, you mentioned that you were making living by you know playing live, and and obviously you know COVID happened, the pandemic came in, and everything shut down. And uh, you know, uh, from from one side, you ended up with tons of time, I guess. Uh, yeah. But on, on the other hand, uh, I, I'm sure there has been loads of uncertainty and, you know, and kind of, you know, insecure times, etc. So ha was that when you discovered NFTs or or like what was your kind of, you know, transition or en entry point to NFTs? Where did you hear about mm. them and, you know, what was your journey towards it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, actually, I... I learned about NFTs probably last year, like around December, maybe just accidentally. I was uh, reading on, on Twitter on uh, just, uh, I, I don't know. I think I was reading something about maybe some CryptoPunk sales, which at the time were selling for quite a lot of money, but definitely nothing like nothing close to what they're like now, going yeah. for now. But it was, it was, I don't remember, but it was definitely a lot of money, something like $50,000, which to me seemed insane. And right now it would be crazy <laughs> to, to be able to get a CryptoPunk for that. Um, and yeah, so that really got me curious. I, I just, uh, I, I always loved new technologies. So I just wanted to learn more about it. And I kind of started to look into it. And uh, I don't really know how I really got into the community, like how I found out other people that were making NFTs. But I remember that my, what brought me really in uh, was realizing that nobody was making music NFTs. And uh, the only music NFT was like, the only that I can think of that did really well was around February, was the Euler Beats, the, this uh, generative music collection mm -hmm. did, did incredibly well. And uh, shortly after, then I, I I dropped my Genesis. I was already preparing it by the uh, around February, because it took me quite a while to record all these pieces and then put them all together and create a website and this new persona of Nifty Sacks and the Twitter and everything. Um, so yeah, then I, I I realized this was awesome. I was for the first time at the beginning of something, <laughs> and I was just it was just perfect for me because uh, I like. I was. I had a lot of time, and I had a lot of uh, creative uh, uh, juice because I, I wasn't playing. I was used to play like at least two, three times a week, and so I wasn't playing live. And I had all this energy, all this creativity bottled up, and so it was perfect. I decided to just start surfing the wave, and that was awesome. That was one of the best decisions of my life because uh, I was really. Uh, if not the first, I was definitely one of the first instrumentalists uh, to release music as NFTs. Uh, there were other other people, maybe some rappers and, and things like that, people that released uh, sort of more uh, yeah. complete productions. But I, I hadn't seen anybody release uh, instrumental music just with one instrument. So I thought, this is great. I have to do it. I have to be in it. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely unique. I mean, uh, music NFTs, uh, music NFT artists are are highly underrepresented in in this sphere for sure. Uh, just like some some others. So for now, visual art seems to be kind of prevailing if you compare to 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 the whole kind of space. Um, 
you mentioned about creating the Nifty Sucks persona. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've been under that persona for quite a long time. You're still using that persona. But after a while, you also showed your face because yeah. in the beginning you were not. So uh, tell me a little bit about that decision. Like, you know, why did you decide to come up with a persona in the beginning? And, you know, what made you sort of show your face afterwards? Like, you know, was there anything like, you know, because many, many artists are now kind of debating between the two or, you know, some make choices towards one extreme or towards the other. And you kind of had this mixed approach of starting by, you know, persona and then kind of showcasing the real you as well afterwards. Well, uh, I think, so there's a a couple of things that made me uh, change. So initially it was just a dumb idea, just ah, whatever, I want to have this this secret uh, saxophone player. Like it was just whatever, just because I I saw that what that was what other people were, were doing, like creating everything was like sort of secret and crypto, you know, like uh yeah. I, I don't know, it was just a dumb idea. But then apart from that, I kept it uh, until I realized first of all, it's it's a lot of energy to try to keep everything secret and I would much rather be myself. It's way mm-hmm. better if I can be myself also online. It's not uh, tiring. I can just be myself here and be myself there everywhere. I can, I can just yeah. relax. And second, also very important, uh, hearing also some big collectors like mentalists uh, talk about how important it is to trust an artist. And I realized that when I started to collect other people, very rarely I collect from people that I haven't spoken to or I haven't seen their face. I, I don't see who they really are, but it's mm-hmm. risky, you know, like it, buying an NFT is not just because uh, you like it or you want to support an artist. It's also an investment. And so it's risky to buy from people that you don't know who they are. So I, I thought, okay, let me put my face out there. My name in, my name now is on my profile. Everybody can Google me and see what I was doing before. And uh, so that was I think that was really beneficial to for 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 me actually to to sell out also the my second collection because I was out there with my face, my name, and my voice on Twitter Spaces every day. So that uh, that makes things easier, I think, for collectors and and also yeah. for myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that's you know the the trust factor. Is, I mean, I respect both decisions, right? To be fair, like you know, I've I've been in crypto long enough to know that you know sometimes. Uh, there are certain um, issues that can arise by people knowing who you are, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, uh, sometimes I can understand the decision of people to just, you know, stay anonymous and kind of, you know, be behind persona. Yeah. But but I, I, I do agree that people probably resonate better and connect better with the people that they can see, that they can speak to and create a relationship with. So, yeah. um and and in your case, I guess you know it's it's uh, it was also uh, very beneficial because you've been in the space for a long time. You know, before getting into NFTs, you you have been creating. So like you do did have already kind of you know even if it wasn't a known brand, you you had a legacy, you had stuff to show, you had a portfolio, yeah. right? Which is important as well. Like you know, people could go and check and see that you didn't start out yesterday just because yeah. NFTs were booming, right? So. I, I guess that was important as well. That is very in, important, yeah. Yeah. In, in I remember that 
you were actually, even before the second collection, you were actually showing up daily on Twitter spaces and having your own spaces uh, and and talking to people. And it was called, uh, it still is called, right? For introverts? Yeah, space spaces for introverts. Yeah. Space for introverts. Um, and I remember, like, I I've, I mean, I don't even know, like, I, I don't consider myself being an introvert, but I ended up going there regularly, <laughs> which is the funny part <laughs> of it. But, um, but... Everyone is um, welcome. <laughs> yeah, but, you know... It's interesting because introverts are that's the biggest challenge right for them to to engage and to participate in the community first of all yeah. let alone to initiate stuff themselves and you know and and open up spaces and do it regularly on a daily basis right yeah. so was that a challenging like why did you decide to do so and and how did it go Well I think that actually also changed my life for the better because I think I also, I had this idea somehow I had to have this persona always online. And by doing spaces every single day, I started being myself more and more and more and more until now I'm just relaxed. I'm myself. And that is not so draining because it is draining for an introvert to try and be on all the time, like oh, to mm -hmm. have always this sort of uh, whatever yeah. persona they try to be. And that's super draining. Uh, <laughs> so... I I did that because I realized that I really had trouble to speak uh, to speak in many spaces because people were talking on top of each other like everybody was taking the word and it's like I can't do that I don't feel like I I want to talk on top of other people and also if people don't address me when I enter the stage you know when I join a conversation mm -hmm. I feel like I don't I don't want to just start talking in the middle of somebody else's conversation i feel really awkward yeah. doing that and many most spaces where i was going people were not addressing me maybe i was asking to speak because i had something to say but nobody was saying hey you you just came up you want to say something so <laughs> the, mm -hmm. that was a problem so i thought okay let me just start it for for me let me talk with people that feel like me and uh, and so we can all kind of get to know each other and that was beautiful because i that's how i made some amazing friends in this space um and then i also I was able to kind of uh, relax online as well and, and just learn how to be myself because I had this weird feeling that I, I should be a different uh, self on, online and now I'm mm. not. And that really came from doing spaces every day and I'm super grateful for that. Now I, I restarted doing it every day and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where this takes me. But on a personal level, that was uh, amazing uh, on a personal growth uh, Yeah, yeah, I think it also helped many people who were just getting to the space for the first time. So yeah, I, I feel like, you know, those kind of spaces which encourage people to speak up and show up uh, are very important. Like your spaces, Komachi's confidence space is, mm. is very important as well. There are a few spaces where like, you know, when people come in and just start and tell me like where to go, I'm like, okay, you know, these are the two spaces where it's uh, it's safe it's cozy you know for beginners it's very welcoming just start from there and then you will you know with the time you will figure things out right so so yeah. i think it's it's very important what you guys are doing um in terms of the le learning curve obviously like you know you've been a musician and you know you you worked you, you're an artist and um you know you you were not familiar to to this whole kind of you know blockchain crypto wallets and uh, you know the whole mm -hmm. technical aspects of things which 
as a minimum, you know, we need to to learn because that's that's what we are using as tools for um for this space. So how easy was it to figure things out? Like, you know, was the learning curve too steep? Like what was your experience there? Mm, well for personally for myself it wasn't that difficult because I I usually embrace new technologies, so it, it wasn't very hard to just get into because uh, I'm also very used to learning. <laughs> I, I still yeah. learn every every day. I learn something new, and uh, so yeah, I just I, I don't think it it takes that long. I in in a week, if somebody, especially nowadays, there's so so much information out there. When I started, maybe not so not so many videos, but now if you look even on YouTube, there's so many videos telling you how to do this and that and metamask and everything else so i think I, I don't know i don't remember that being necessarily difficult it was most difficult more difficult to learn actually how this market moves and because this was completely new i mean new technology okay it's kind of similar to everything else that i have learned in a technology aspect mm-hmm. but this uh this market for me was completely mind-blowing the way that it was moving because i mean i had learned how to market myself as a musician and how to promote and everything i I was doing pretty well as a as a musician in the traditional world but Mm -hmm. in the nft things moved in a completely different way and also what you have to provide to to the people that that uh, buy your things are completely different than than in web two, like it's completely different than having fans here. You don't have fans, you have friends and collectors and uh, investors. It's kind of, so that actually took me quite some time and I'm still totally learning. Um, And that's that for me, that's the hardest part. Maybe if somebody is already more used to uh, maybe business and, and marketing things, maybe for them, it would take only a week. Like for me, it took a week to learn the technology part. But for me, this this, this other stuff really eludes me. So I'm still trying to learn as much as I can uh, every day. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably didn't know what the hell I was doing for the first three months. I was just trying things out. And probably the biggest mistake was just uh, trying to do what other people were doing, like, oh, I want to do mm-hmm. this, I have to do this. I, 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 if I don't do this, it's not going to work. So that <laughs> just chasing always something else. And then I realized, okay, let me just work on what I want to do and see if that actually can be successful. <laughs> that was much, much easier, much more relaxed. Yeah, I think that's, you know, um, I think that's a better strategy because when when you're trying to do what everyone else is doing, you kind of blend in, right? And when yeah. you do something that you want to do, and especially if that something is not popular, hasn't been done before, you kind of stand out by default just by being different, right? By by taking a different route and 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 using different methods and kind of looking at things from different angles so i i always say that it's always kind of uh, yes probably just using different strategies that have worked for other people may feel safer um but people get immune to those so it's just a matter of time whether you will be able to have uh, similar results with that same exactly same method or or not and things move really really fast so it's not really a sustainable uh approach that will take you really far i think so and also something else that i realized 
is that most people don't know what the hell they're doing. If you follow them, you might just go into a ditch, you know? It's much better to just <laughs> come up with something. That's true. And like most of them <laughs> don't, will never acknowledge that, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in most cases, they, they don't know what they're doing, but they will not never tell that they don't know what they're doing, oh, yeah. right? So they will pretend that they're very confident. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. exactly what they were planning and how they were planning things. But then there, yeah. there you know, there was an element of luck in some cases or just, you know, um, yeah, I totally agree with you here. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we touched the, the, the subject that music NFTs are, are very niche, you know, uh, at the moment. Um, and especially like, instrumental music um why do you think that is because i feel like it's um yeah i mean anything that is not extremely visual is a challenge in this space at least for for the moment but um but if you look at it like the the barriers to enter are the same so like you know theoretically any any artist in any format kind of you know can come in um so why do you think like the wave for musicians hasn't arrived yet. And I think it's the same for photographers, maybe, mm. you know, for, for some yeah. other disciplines at the moment, writers, yeah. etc. Well, I think uh, it's, it's coming and it's coming really fast. Like people are really storming the place now. I, I, I host uh, spaces for, for musicians and there are so many new musicians every single day. But I think the, the answer might lie into what happened in the last 20 years, both for photography and, and music. It's just that people are completely desensitized to the value of music because they are used to just getting it for free everywhere. You know, photos, just take your phone. Everybody is a photographer now. Uh, music, just take your phone. Spotify, everybody has music there. Everybody's a DJ with, with, the, with their <laughs> new mm -hmm. programs. So yeah. I think people in general are desensitized to to the value of music. So I think that it's taking a while for for people to consider uh, to actually sell music and also to actually make mu their music scarce. Like they they feel like they want to be everywhere. Like oh, I just want to be famous. I don't care. You know, I want my music to be viral. This even if it doesn't pay me anything, I just want to be. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of a problem. And so. I think people are, most people are still pursuing that. They just want to be famous on Spotify, even though that doesn't mm -hmm. bring any money, instead of actually making their music more rare and more, maybe even more difficult to acquire, but actually valuable. So I think that's going to take a while to change the mindset uh, of the consumers and also of the producers. Uh, and I, I guess it's, I don't know anything about photography, so I cannot really comment on that, but I, I assume it's probably something similar uh, that, that happened with music. Uh, everybody is desensitized now to, to photography just because everybody has a camera in their pocket. So yeah. that probably made things a little bit hard to uh, to assign value to a photo. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I mean, it, with this, uh, just going back to the title and, you know, 120K um, with music NFT collectibles, um, Obviously, like you know, there there are several kind of um, routes to to approach this. No matter which discipline you are at, you you can you can create collections, uh, you can do a collectible project, or you can just go with the one on one route, right? Um, yeah. So in your case, this this last collection was kind of it. It kind of worked 
as a collectible from the logical perspective because it had rarity metrics, um, you know, embedded to it. And uh, yeah. there were kind of um, different ones within the same collectible, et cetera, et cetera. So um, why did you choose that approach? Like, you know, wh- what was like your s- thought process of choosing what to do and why did you kind of, you know, model it from that perspective? So the biggest factor that actually made me, really pushed me to do this was the fact that m- my previous collection, the Genesis, was structured in a way that was getting more and more expensive with every piece sold. And so by the time eight and 10 pieces were sold, the floor price was already 0.1, 0.11, 12, because every piece was going up by 0.01. And that was a big problem for me because I wanted my friends to be able to collect me. Uh, Mm -hmm. All the people that I was talking to, they could not afford 0.1 or 0.15, 0.2. That's crazy for them. They they don't want to spend that much because they they are barely, at the time, now maybe many of them are doing much better, but at the time they were barely making any ease. They didn't want to throw it around like like that. So that was the first thing that pushed me to think creatively. So what can I do with music uh, that will allow me to have uh, a lower uh, barrier of entry? So... The, the 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 simplest answer that that people took was let me go to Tezos where there's no gas and everything and just I just put things in multiple editions for a really really low price and let's be done with it. I didn't like that very much because I really like to have my stuff on Ethereum because I, I believe in Ethereum and so I I decided to implement everything that I saw from the collectibles the 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 PFP projects the profile mm-hmm. picture. Uh, and put it into what I was doing. So I I took a few elements from from the, the collections that I s- saw they were successful. So I want definitely wanted to have a blind mint, but uh, in order to have a pre-reveal and post-reveal, <laughs> I had to add something that had to be revealed. So uh, I decided to to assign a different amount of additions to each piece. So there were fifty-five pieces in the collection. And uh, there were 10 in addition of 10, 9 in addition of 9, 8 in addition of 8, and so on until all the way to 1 of 1, the, the last one. So there, there, now there are 10 different tiers of rarity. Uh, and uh, also there were some, some different colors, but that didn't impact the rarity. That's, that's together with the rarity. Um, so that, that I took from the, the PFP projects. And that, that already allowed me to have a blind mint, because if you minted uh, a piece, you didn't know which rarity you were going to get. You could probably get one of the 100, the 10 in addition of 10, those the, the most common one, or maybe the one of one. And so I really liked that idea. And uh, so I had a blind mint with my own custom contract. Uh, then I also liked to implement a pre-sale and then the mint pass. So I, I was able to sell a, a, a few pieces for a discount to some of my the people in the community. And also, I allowed some people to avoid gas with, by uh, giving away some mint passes. So they were able to mint 48 hours before the drop date. And that also is something that I, that I took from other collectibles. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's kind of a mixture of a collectible project and a one-of-one kind of uh, art. Because the, the maximum, I have every, every piece is still very rare because the, the least rare is still only one of 10. So it's actually a pretty rare edition. 
Uh, it's not like one of 1,000, like uh, some other people might do. So that's what I liked. So it's a very, very small collection, only 385 mints in total. And every piece is pretty rare. And just that some pieces are more rare than others, that's all. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like that idea. And I think like, you know, at the moment, because music NFTs are so rare by default, like it's even in in the whole market at the moment, like, you know, it, it also has this kind of historic value because it's among the first ones, right? So like, you know, there yeah. will be more and more coming, but like the OG projects in, in that field are going to be just few, right? Just the first yeah, ones, definitely. basically. So there is always kind of that value of, okay, this this type of thing was done the first time or, you know, the second or third, like, you know, the first few batches are kind of the yeah. ones that are always going to be kind of um, very important and, and, you know, have a symbolic uh, kind of meaning behind it anyway. So, um, so that's, uh, that's very important. Um, in terms of um, collectors, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're doing a collectible, um, depending on what the collectible is about, uh, you know, they are, different type of people that would resonate with it more than the others right yeah. um in your case it's it's music uh it's a music nft um it's instrumental music so it's like a niche of a niche of a niche yeah. um so uh so many many artists are asking me like okay yeah i have this idea i want to do a collection or or a collectible or you know whatever uh, where do I find my collectors? Where do I go and what do I do? So um, what was your approach? I know that you continued doing your Twitter spaces and Twitter was your you know, preferred social media channel. But, yeah. uh, but in general, like where does one start even? Like wh what do you do? Like what's, what's the exercise behind it to, to try to get the attention of the relevant collectors? Mm. Well, I, I think it all lies in the community aspect of it. So I, I think your first collectors are going to be other people in the community if you start humble and with uh, a low barrier of entry. Uh, so what I did uh, was just uh, just be part of the community, engage with people, comment on their work, go to spaces, see what other people were doing. Then I started to do my spaces. I started to buy some pieces that was very, very helpful for me. And I totally encourage everybody to start buying from your fellow creators because this is how you start a community. In my experience, that has worked really well for me and for the people that I bought uh, the pieces from. I, I even flipped some of those pieces. So you can even make some money if you're lucky. Uh, but uh, but that's not the reason why you should do it. You should really do it to to be a member of the community, an active member. Because when you start to collect from people, uh, they, they will be very grateful, you know? They will be happy to help you when you need to be helped, you know? When you have a big drop coming and you bought like five, 10 pieces here and there, these, these 10 people will be really happy to help you because maybe you helped them out when they were just starting, you know? So mm -hmm. that's that's really important. That's kind of what what I did. I realized that if I wanted to be a member of this community, I had to really show up and actually put my money where my mouth was, you know, not just be there. Oh yeah. I want to be supportive and everything. So let me, let me just put some money in, in, in some of my friends. And so that's what I did. And I think that, uh, that really helped me. Um, so I, I think this really, this is really the, the best thing. Just uh, be there and collect from people. If 
as long as you can afford it. Of course, don't spend money that you can't spend. And uh, if you are an artist, don't put all your pieces, especially if you're just starting out, don't put all your pieces at, out of reach because then nobody can can help you. Nobody can collect you except like the 1% of the population. <laughs> so that that was uh, that was my approach. Uh, and uh, I, I think it works. Yeah, I mean, it did. Um, you did well. I mean, you, you, you mentioned you sold out in 10 hours. Um, yeah. And... Uh, and obviously you didn't use any paid marketing, any influencers. Yeah. It was like totally organic and it was like a result of hard work and, and being out there and being part of the community. And and I, I truly believe, I, I totally agree with you that, you know, when, when someone is part of, of a community and is genuine and doesn't have a hidden agenda and kind of, you know, it builds genuine relationships with people. People are more than happy to help you out when the time comes, right? Because, yeah. you know, because you've been around for long enough to show that you're not doing it because in the future you were going, I mean, I'm sure, you, but, you know, by the time you were talking to people on Twitter spaces, you didn't even know that this collection would be, would have been coming, oh, right? Yeah. You didn't even have that idea yeah. in, in mind. So, um, so I think that's, that's very important because um, now the more the community will grow, uh, more diverse it will become and more kind of, you know, we will end up with very different type of people coming in. So the ones who are true and the ones who are really here on a long, for a long term are, people will feel it. Like it's, it's just, you know, people will know it. So um, I think that's, that's the most sustainable strategy. Maybe it won't make you kind of a millionaire right away, but yeah. you know, it it will make you, get the reputation that you need, which in, in small spaces like this reputation is, is very, very valuable because it's kind of, you know, it's, it is what people will be looking into. Um, so yeah. for collectibles, you know, you already mentioned the community aspect of it, that it's very important. Yeah, that's, but the also, part, yeah. that's, that's the most important part, but also many these days, because things have, are changing and developing further and the market matures many are expecting a certain utility of the token or a certain mm. kind of you know they anticipate something for the future people are looking at roadmaps people are kind of you know trying to understand whether this artist is going to be here like a year from now two years from now etc um so um how did you approach that side of the story like you know mm. what do you have there for your token holders who have that collection in place at the moment? Yeah. So, yeah, this is something that I'm definitely still learning. But my my thinking on this is that the best utility that I can provide to my holders is the fact that the tokens will increase in value as long as I keep staying here. That's the best thing that I can do for them. I, I give them something like basically now they're my shareholders. You know, I try to bring them to bring their, their stocks up. And as I keep working on myself and my brand and next collections and anything like that, those tokens will increase in value. There's just no way around it. There's a limited supply. And so they cannot go down if I keep pushing, if I keep being there. So that's, that's number one. I, I I think I don't need extra utility. Then what I did for for the Genesis and what I do also for for the spheres is that I give. Uh, so in the Genesis there are unlockable files that contain uh, a wave 
uh, audio file of the of the track and also the same wave but completely untouched uh, super dry there's no reverb no anything so producers can can use it on their own productions but i think that's really not uh not the selling point of course i i do that because i like to do that it's it's a non-exclusive uh, license they can they can use it for whatever they want commercial or not commercial uh and uh, i think that's cool but in my opinion what what makes it uh what makes these these tokens uh, worth what they're worth is that I keep being here and I keep uh, being a member of the community and I keep creating. So it's that's how I see it for myself. Maybe for a super big collection with ten thousand pieces, maybe it's different. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, that's the way I see it. It's kind of a smaller community, and uh, and I, I just have to show up and and be here and and keep uh, keep. Uh, promoting my myself and my brand and what I do uh, for in order for those tokens to to increase in value so that's that's how I see it. that's the best utility they also that that's the utility that I like I don't really care so much when when a token comes oh it comes with this and that and this physical thing that you have to claim I don't I don't want to do extra work you know when I buy something whatever I just want to buy it I don't I don't want to keep engaging mm-hmm. with it all the time i just i just wanted to increase in value and then maybe one day i want to sell it that's all <laughs> but maybe that's yeah. just me no no it makes sense absolutely it totally makes sense um in in terms of i mean obviously this this was kind of a um a, a collectible and a big project and it took lots of time and effort uh with your one-on-ones and and your collaborations like how do you approach collaborations because like i remember when i was like i've done two collaborations up to now i'm on my third one at the moment uh but in the very beginning for me it was so scary i'm like oh my god like you know how do you even choose who to do it with right Mm -hmm. like you know we, we have we're part of a community we have so many friends all of them are very talented all of them are really good like how do you pick one for the thing so my personal approach to that was like um it was driven by the work. So like, you know, we, you know, both collaborations and the third one as well is a poem based. So I was just trying to, to get the vibe of the poem. And then I was trying to understand like that vibe and that concept who has a similar kind of style or similar kind of, you know, ideas or values as an artist that would make it a big good fit. Right. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it may work, sometimes it may not work. And, you know, you approach people and you don't know whether they will say yes or no. Like, you know, it's, uh, you, you can't predict that. So what's your approach to, you know, for collaborations? Mm. Uh, well, I think for me, it just happens kind of organically. It, it start, starts mostly more from the person than the work. And of course, I have to like the work and I have to think that it makes sense with what I do. But that usually comes second. First, I... I engage with people and uh, uh, we have a connection or there's like a, a vibe. There's a good vibe and it mm-hmm. feels like, okay, we are kind of in the same mindset. And so let's, let's work together. Let's make something together since we already have a good, uh, there's, there's a good chemistry, you know, maybe that chemistry will translate also into the work and that's mm-hmm. going to be nice to look at or to listen to for other people as well. And uh, so that's how it starts for me, usually. Uh, All the people that I collaborated with, I just had a really good vibe with them before. And then we realized that, yeah, also the the work was also a good match. We could do something really nice together. 
and there's quite a few now in the pipeline coming and uh, it just got a little bit overwhelmed with many <laughs> things to do but there's yeah. uh, definitely many more coming yeah it's um yeah i think it's, it's it's nice to put two strengths together and kind of come up with something diverse that wouldn't exist if if you were doing it by yourself so yeah there is a beauty yeah. in that um you you mentioned something about yeah you kind of differentiated the artist from the art uh so h- how do you look at that many you know i i've spoken to some collectors who are saying that for them, it's very important who the artist is because you know the the artist is is part of the package of of, yeah. of what they are buying, right? At least Some for others, a living artist, yeah. I, if, yeah. If, if an artist is dead, for, I don't really care what he was like yeah, in life. For, but for a living artist that you have to collect, yeah, I for guess, the I guess current it's NFT the art. artist, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and some others are kind of, you know, there are some art pieces from anonymous people, artists who we've never met, never mm. seen. They are alive, but we don't even know who they are, mm. um, who are also popular. So, could they, yeah. you know, in this case, collectors like are kind of, uh, yeah, this case, you know, I guess the the spotlight is on the art piece itself or the style or the quality, but not really like, who the artist like what is who represents that art right so um what's your approach like you know what what do you think is uh like i don't know uh do do you think that the the art represents the artist that is a result of artists experiences feelings thoughts etc or do you think that like you know those can be separated and and a collector, when they are buying a piece, uh, they're just buying that piece of art. Hmm. Well, I mean, the, uh, the philosophical aspect, uh, I don't know, like if the the artist is represented in the art all the time, that uh, it was probably like a, a deeper and longer conversation. But in terms of uh, the market, like when I, if I buy something, I I personally prefer to know who I'm buying from because it's, it's again we were talking about before it's an investment so i want to know that this person is kind of of sound mind and they're not going to all of a sudden like be completely nuts and uh, disappear or something or, or do something that i don't agree with maybe like some mm-hmm. being I, mean, I don't know like a, a bad person or something uh not to say that that devalues the art but uh in this market i think since the artist is living that is the driving factor of the of the value of the art. As long as the artist keeps uh, increasing in popularity, then the, my pieces that I bought from this artist then increase in value. So I think specifically for for NFTs and and anything uh, th- that can increase in value, whether you're buying from a living person, I think yeah, it is very important to know who this person is. And sometimes it might be even important to just uh, have a good vibe with this person because then you feel like you bought something from a person that you you actually like. So even if it doesn't go anywhere, at least you supported somebody that you you were happy to support. You know? Yeah. Um, no. And uh, makes sense. That's, that's always nice. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you were talking, and I just recalled the times when you know you you could theoretically buy people's pieces for one dollar <laughs> a piece. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, you know, and it wasn't like ages ago, right? If you look at oh, it yeah. that way, like it it wasn't really ages ago. It was relatively recently. I mean, it was ages ago in NFT 
kind of time frame. But still, if you look at it, it's it's just you know it there hasn't been passed so much time from 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 that point on. So so you know that kind of reminds me that whole theory of yours that you know it, the, mm. the the tokens are going to increase in value and so. So people yeah. who kind of believed and and got his pieces for one dollar a piece, kind of you know, uh, they stuck with it, kind of held it for for a little bit of time, and then they could see immediately, kind of you know, what yeah. happened next. So, they probably really liked. Yeah. They probably really liked his work and also his kind of irreverent personality. They probably really liked the way he was operating in general. I, I cannot say for sure, but probably. <laughs> And yeah. So yeah, yeah, that really worked out for them, for for people's collectors. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I and I think it's um, you know, uh, we we kind of talk about this stuff, and 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 maybe you know, for, for those who are watching, I don't want to to leave the wrong impression that things are easy and fast, oh, no. and you know, etc. Right? There is no such thing as overnight success. Yes, here the market moves fast and things are, you know, happening much quicker than than in some other places, for sure. Um, that's the specifics of this uh, space. Um, but in general, like, you know, since we mentioned people, or, you know, there are, there are many other kind of, you know, people um, in there who, who ended up being successful but that was a result of 10 years of grinding daily yeah. right uh, so no one really looks at that side of the story like you know you yes your collectible did well but like how many years did you did you work as a musician before you got <laughs> into this space Right. Oh yeah, it's like at least fifteen, twenty years. It's <laughs> a long yeah, time. Yeah. So, so what I mean is, like, uh, yes, in this space, many may have this illusion that, oh my God, like it's a hot space. All I need to do is just get out there and put something out and mint, and it's gonna work out because everything mm. does. But that's not really how it works, and especially for artists who are not kind of you know who are coming up with projects that are like specifically highlighting the skill set and the art and you know that side of the story of the nfts and not really kind of looking at it as an alternative kind of coin or kind of you know just investment for flipping or just mm. another element for flipping and and trading and making money then uh it's definitely not an overnight success like you know even for oh, that yeah. collectible specifically you worked hard but like if you look at it and zoom out and look at it from the other perspective all artists have this you know package like and backstory of Loads of experiences, loads of tries, uh, you know, many hours of, of crafting the, the art and, and, you know, and everything else. So, so I think that's, that's a very important message. Just, you know, don't, don't think it's, uh, it's just, you know, it was very easy and smooth and, and fast. Uh, because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you can attest yeah. that it isn't. <laughs> you, uh, yeah. I, I think it's, it's definitely not for, for the faint of heart. It's not for everybody. And, uh, I can say that I was also very lucky about the fact that I was basically out of a job. So I had plenty of time and I dedicated it all to, to this. Like since March, that's what I did every single day, <laughs> all day. And uh, I think that's kind of what it takes, probably. Maybe not uh, not so much, but still, you have to be there probably every day for a few months because uh, unless you, you bring a lot of people from 
the the web two. I mean, it's gonna be hard. Even if you bring people from Web two, it's it's gonna be hard. So it takes definitely a lot of effort. Uh, and yeah, so I, I don't want to give that the wrong impression that it was like yeah, I sold out in ten hours. That was just the end result of yeah. uh, of yeah, a lot, it, lot of uh, pushing. It's like was it Picasso who was like yeah to 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 draw that thing on a napkin oh, yeah. took me two minutes, but it took me in reality so many years to to be yeah, able to, be to able do it to in do two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's the message. I mean, since we're kind of about to wrap up and um and you we mentioned uh, about the whole kind of overnight success stuff um obviously many people get to a point where you know things don't work out immediately and there is lots of effort and 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 hard work and patience that is required yeah. and um there always comes a point where people start thinking whether it's time mm. to give up or whether yeah. this is they're good enough or not, whether they should continue uh, or it doesn't work because they are doing the wrong thing. And, you know, there are loads of kind of these, these negative uh, thoughts that come to your mind. So when that happens, uh, obviously, like there are two choices, some persevere and just keep on pushing, some others just give up and, and get out. Mm. For when that time comes, like, What's your advice to those who who get to that point? Because we all get there sometime and then restart and you know yeah. continue moving. <laughs> so so what will help just to go forward? Yeah, that's a really hard question. Uh, I mean, I definitely reached that point uh, many times in my journey, and uh, it's it's really hard because sometimes it is good to move on and do something else. Maybe that's not for you. So it's hard to know when you you reach that point. So when is it that uh, is it enough? I, I realize that this is not for me. I don't know. So for me, the thing is that I was really sure that I wanted this because I am. I've always been a musician. I've never done anything else. So what what's better than being able to sell my music uh, to to people and um, it's really it's not only my music like oh whatever like my my jazz album it's my truest music like stuff that i that i just just my saxophone it's like the purest music that i can produce it's really just the representation of myself as an artist so there was nothing better for me at that time like the only better thing was maybe to play live but that's uh, that wasn't a, wasn't an option so i just kept going and going and even now that if live music still comes back i will definitely play live again but uh, i will only do it as a almost as a hobby at this point because i would much rather do this so that's the thing for if you're really sure that that's where you belong then i would say just keep going and or and you'll play work. only on your or you will play only for your token holder well i will you know what i will definitely be selling nfts at my shows that's for sure i i definitely want to integrate the two and the people that own my tokens also i want them to be able to come to my shows that that is 100 percent. i can't wait for the day where i yeah, i will sell an nft at one of my shows <laughs> that's gonna be awesome so yeah, yeah. for me i mean it, there was no, no choice Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's gonna come for sure. Um, fingers crossed, things get better, and you know we yeah. we go back to to 
normal life and and gatherings and everything else so we'll see when it happens but yeah i'm sure yeah. it's uh there are loads of other implications with nfts that you can use uh in terms of experiences in terms of ticketing and you know and, and i'm sure you're gonna have concerts in the metaverse in the future oh, you yeah. know because it's just inevitable i i think uh, there will be tons of things that we will be doing in the metaverse in the future uh instead of just going out and seeing each other live uh, at one point so um so yeah for sure well i mean thank you very much i think you know i hope that it was useful for those who are looking into collectibles and kind of you know more uh i mean less aggressive 10,000 10k pfp yeah. collectibles mm -hmm. but rather kind of a, a modification of the artistic collectibles, so to speak. And and also kind of it was useful from the practical level to sort of, you know, to, to know what to pay attention to, how to approach this, you know, what to think about. Obviously, you know, it's going to be different for, for, for everyone and, and the priorities will be different, the style will be different, oh, yeah. the, the, you know, discipline will be different, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but I'm sure that, you know, the biggest takeaway is kind of uh, do you basically, you know, if, if, if being you and doing you is something that hasn't been done before, even better, just, you know, just try and, and, you know, if it works out, it works out big. And then, you know, you will have uh, the, the money and, and, to free up your time and then the time yeah. to do other things that you like and, and love doing. So that's, that's kind of very important as well. So uh, I think trying uh, is always worth it because then you will always think like, what would have happened if I tried, right? So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think the best advice that I can give really that I found out for myself is it's awesome to be yourself. Like there's really nothing better especially also in art like if you can express exactly what you want to express and even make money from it that there's nothing better so i would say really to not chase what works and what seems to be the trend just do what you want to do and it's going to be really nice you're going to feel really good doing that and then if the money comes it's even better but it's, it's so awesome to to express yourself like it like a true like what what art was meant to be like before algorithms and stuff like that you just do what you want to do and so yeah. that, that's beautiful yeah and i, I, I do wish agree for more with people you. to do that yeah i absolutely agree with you and my one of my favorite quotes is by oscar wilde who says like you know be yourself everyone mm. else is already taken so uh, <laughs> it's just uh, yeah so uh, yeah. i think uh, i think that's very important because we we are getting these questions right like you know i think my my style is not very popular mm. in this space should i change my style or yeah. shouldn't i and i'm like no of course not like first of all if you change it it's going to be i i think they will feel like they are doing a job yeah, which exactly. is uh, horrible. which is hard <laughs> it's about because, freedom <laughs> and, and there are better paid jobs 
you know, for at least yeah. for the starting for artists, right? <laughs> so, we, we, yeah, for less trouble. So uh, I think that's very important. So, yeah, I mean, the, the final takeaway is uh, be yourself, guys, and, and yes. just do you and, uh, and, and try out things um, that you have in your mind and, and see what happens next. That's where the magic comes from. 100%. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much. It was very nice to speak to you. And, oh, you. Uh, and yeah, and thank you for the Genesis piece. I think it was like, you know, we did really great and it That's was a great. very smooth ride and uh, <laughs> it was very quick. And, uh, um, and yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's always kind of, you know, when you continue doing this several times it's it's always special in a different way but like the first mm. time is always kind yeah. of you know <laughs> a very different and unique experience because it hasn't happened before so yeah it, it's very special yeah, it was a pleasure collaborating thank you um, yeah so i guess that's it from us uh, thank you very much and thanks for everyone who watched this and hopefully we will have more replays and you know also people are listening to this on spotify and apple podcast as well so yeah hopefully we brought a bit of value and and you got some tips and some ideas uh, and a bit of encouragement so there you go just go ahead and do something <laughs> Definitely. Okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for having yeah. me. That's all that I had for you today. Thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that would help the podcast grow. And to make sure that you're up to date with my articles as well, please subscribe to my newsletter at annealexander.com backward slash NFT rebels. Take care and I'll meet you in the next episode. <laughs>